Hello and welcome to the weekend spread. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain himself, Boaten Blake. Uh, this is a hell of a spread. I'm excited. We're going to be making our college football picks. I'm fired up. I think all of y'all are fired up. Uh, taking a quick look at last week's setup, by the way. I was the only one not to go 3-1. and one. So everyone was doing pretty good. I, 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 I stepped on a Lego with the Wyoming pick. Y'all tried to warn Gross. me. That was a mistake. I, 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 I hope that it doesn't come down to that, but it very well might. So um, let's just get this. Let's, let's, let's go around the horn here. So, um, Blake, big zero thoughts. How'd you do? I know, I know you sprayed the board more than just your four picks here. Uh, how, how'd it go? Yeah, so week zero as a theory I love. It's perfect. It's like a roll and some butter before dinner. It's not going to be your favorite part of the meal, but it, it gives you enough sustenance to get you to that next part. But yeah, it went all right last week. Like the ones I felt strongly about, Vanderbilt, uh, Illinois, both of those cashing easy. But I had a lot of faith in New Mexico State, and they did not pull through. And we're just basically a uh. typical New Mexico State team that I thought. So um, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. But uh, nothing like getting burned by two of the worst teams in college football right now. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he does it again. Oh, <laughs> let me let me just take over, Jameson. Uh, you I seem pretty wanna... happy about it. Bob's yeah, just go on it. I my reasoning did not use as much brain power as Blake to pick this Nevada New Mexico State game. I just saw Shane Illingworth pick Shane Illingworth. And he was not even close to the reason that team covered. <laughs> he was not even. <laughs> he had like 50 passing yards, I think. And I go, ooh, yeah. woof, woof. That Nevada team, they were a little squeaky. And that New Mexico State team um, honestly just looked a whole lot worse. It was the true battle of non-mid. It was very low-end talent playing each other there. I think we just call that bad. But... Um, yeah. Uh, so Ty, how did you enjoy your week zero? Yeah, I got burnt by Nebraska right to start it out, which was, you know, it's week zero of, of picking for fun on a podcast. So I'm all for it. Cause it was hilarious. It was just beyond hilarious to see Nebraska just have it. It was all there and then just absolutely fumble the bag. Uh, and then I very wisely zigged when everyone else zagged with my North Texas mean green 30-year-old. Congratulations. How you guys could doubt that. He put up three touchdowns, three touchdowns. And I understand, you know, it up on me for taking a one-point spread line. They covered by, uh, what was it, close to 20? Is it 31 to 13? Is that what it was? 31 to 13 yeah, was 15. the final, yeah. So they certainly well covered. I was, I was happy with that and uh, just enjoyed. Uh, the only game I watched in its entirety was – was uh, that Nebraska one, but I just love college football coming back. Like Blake said, it's like that tasty roll before dinner. Although I will say sometimes it's not going to happen with this dinner, but sometimes the roll is better than the dinner. Like when you go to Texas Roadhouse, for example, uh, but maybe you can argue that that's the brown sugar butter that makes it better, not the actual roll itself. So there's a lot of nuance to, to that question, but we're not a food pod because uh, that would not, just be a terrible way to discuss food is on a podcast. And we're not giving away free advertisements to uh, Texas Roadhouse. So uh, anyways, it is delicious, though. But um, all right, let's get let's just dive into this. We have a big slate. Um, mm. All lines provided by DraftKings Sportsbook recorded as of this morning on August 30th. So let's dive into it. Um, 
we start out with the first ever um, group five team to make the playoff heading to Fayetteville, Arkansas to face the hogs. This line is dipped a little bit. Arkansas, a six and a half point favorite at home. Jameson, just really because you're uh, in the right, the upper right hand corner, we'll let you go first. Who you got in this matchup? Oh, I'm taking Arkansas. Um, I think Cincinnati having such a huge overturn. We'll start talk about, you know, Desmond Ritter on the offense side of the ball, but then you talk about Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, the handful of defenders, and then Cincinnati also losing like their big time skill positions. Uh the wide receiver that went to the Colts. Um, forget his name. That's a lot of overturn. And then going into SEC country, Arkansas, an environment that started to get live, that's going to be really tough for a lot of new starters. And that Arkansas team showed some stuff last year, um, having returning quarterback KJ Jefferson. Um, I like Arkansas a lot here. I feel pretty confident about it. Ty? Yeah, in three words, woo pig soup. I don't know what pig soup is, but the Arkansas people love to say it. Uh, Tremendous home field advantage because they're playing in Little Rock or whatever uh, Arkansas is located, the, the <laughs> university. I know where the state is located. It's it's sort of northeast. Uh, but Arkansas, I, I've been hearing that they've improved their run game or they're expected to, and I think that's going to be a big key because I think what a lot of people are expecting from Arkansas and what I'm expecting from Arkansas is, is uh, pretty much the same product, maybe slightly improved from what we saw last year. So that gives me a lot of hope because Cincy this year just complete turnover – complete loss of depth and i i really just you know I, I wish them the best coming into the big 12 but i think there's going to be a significant drop off and especially when arkansas has it at home arkansas has that big buy-in from the fan base and the players right now and it's less than a touchdown give me the sec team playing the group of five team with a six and a half line I, if you summarize it that way you know it's it's an easy take so while that was Ty being Ty, Arkansas used to play all of their home games at Little Rock for some reason. So, you know, hey, there, there was something to it. So good on you for that. Well, the, you know, you there's a ton of – I got confused because there's a lot of schools that don't have their own stadium and just use public parks. USC comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> that is one. true. So was, that's the mecca of college football. It doesn't even have its own stadium. So I got a little confused and carried away in my bed. Fair enough. I, I think that's fair. Uh, Blake, who do you got in this? Yeah, I think uh, the previous two men have severely overrated uh, this Arkansas team and have kind of taken into effect, like, yes, Cincinnati lost people, but also Arkansas lost a lot of people. I know KJ Jefferson's coming back, but they only have four starters coming back on defense. They lost, I think it's four of their top five pass catchers last year. And when looking at the Cincinnati defense, they're solid on the line. They're solid in the front seven. The problem is secondary. Like Jameson said, they lost Sauce Gardner. They lost Kobe White. But Arkansas didn't pass that much last year. They ran the ball 63% of the time. I just don't think they're situated to take advantage of Cincinnati. Like, this Cincinnati team went into South Bend last year and beat Notre Dame. They've been in loud atmospheres. I'm not concerned about that. Like, South Bend, Arkansas, pretty similar in my opinion. So, I think this is just classic overrating. Give me, give me Cincinnati in the points. I think this one's going to be close. Arkansas is probably going to get the edge here, but six and a half is too many points. I think that's fair. And you're right, Arkansas did lose a lot of uh, a lot of players, um, but they also finished with the 10th highest transfer portal class uh, this year uh, per 247. So I feel like they've done enough to, you know, kind of recoup some losses. Um, 
And, you know, frankly, I, I, I feel like they just they just have a little bit of an edge on talent. I think that atmosphere is going to be rocking. Arkansas is, is a team with a lot of momentum, a program with a lot of momentum. And, you know, Cincinnati, they, they aren't pushovers anymore. They're, they're one of the big boys They in some ways because they made the college football playoff. That's a team coming into Fayetteville that Arkansas fans are probably excited about. I think it's just going to be a, um, a really good game, but I, I, I got to go with the Hogs at home, uh, you know, minus six and a half. So I'm going with Arkansas as well. Um, so me, so me, Ty Jameson going with the hogs, Blake, the one dissenter for, uh, his future conference mate of, uh, Cincinnati might be protecting the shield a bit. So protect the shield, protect the new shield. There you go. Moving on to a team who might be a part of the new shield. We have the Utah Utes kind of hyped as a college football playoff contender. This is a big test though. They're heading to the swamp. Uh, Florida obviously had a lot of issues last year. Um, got Billy Napier in as the new head coach. Can he turn things around enough to really take out a very quality, very talented Utah team? And, you know, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be really hot. And, you know, the atmosphere is going to be great. And I, I get that. You know, I think the atmosphere is going to be fine. But... I think the Utah Utes are good enough to get the win here. I think they go into the swamp, uh, cover the two and a half. Give me Utah. I I, I I like this one. I don't love it. I think it's going to be a, a, an absolute battle. I think this is going to be the game of the day, in fact. Um, but I, I think Utah can uh, pull off, you know, with at least a three-point win. So uh, give me Utah here. Blake? Yeah, I think you got it right on the money, Bobby. I think a lot of people uh, that are siding with Florida in this battle uh, just think, oh, Florida swamp hot. Well, it's been hotter in Utah the past few weeks than it has been in Florida. I know those they'll cry on the humidity and stuff like that, but Utah's prepared to play in this game. And I know they lost some key pieces on the defense, uh, but... They are like similar, I would say, to like the early to or like the early 2010s TCU teams, where it just felt like every single year they were able to find a guy to reload. This team is basically returning majority of their starters for Utah and went toe to toe with Ohio State, which is probably the consensus second team this year uh, in the Rose Bowl last year. I love Utah. As if you listen to the Pac-12 preview, I have them probably in my uh, in my. Uh, college football playoff this year, and I love AR-15. I think he's going to do great. I just think Utah's way more solid, and it's sad that AR-15 has no receivers to throw to. So give me Utah <laughs> and the points. Just AR. We don't say AR-15 anymore, Blake. I'm kidding. Uh, Ty, who do you got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I'm looking at these two teams, I, I really look at it. Like we talked about, we talked a lot about Utah and there's a lot of expectations. So I'm looking at the potential peaks of these teams and and two big numbers come to mind and that's 345 and 13,527. 345 is the highest peak in the state of Florida. 13,527 is the highest in the state of Utah. So give me the Utah Utes. Slept on potential metric that's going to help them. Coming down to the swamps of Florida might not actually hurt this Utah team They are from Salt Lake City, which is almost a mile up in the air. The oxygen is thinner up there. 
This is a, a real thing, a real factor. It sounds like witch doctor science. People go up. There's a reason that a lot of the American Olympic training centers are up in Colorado. If you train up at altitude, come down to sea level where you have a much higher oxygen level in the air that you're breathing in. Your body is, is much more efficient with its oxygen. That's something that you can literally train to. I don't think the swamps are going to help Florida one bit. Give me Utah. Fair enough. Jameson, does that sound like a solid medical uh, thought process here, or uh, do you have other ideas? Yeah, sure. Let's go with you, Tom. I'm not going to make any medical uh, suggestions on this podcast because Ty likes to talk bad about medicine all the time. I would like I've never to spoken ill of medicine. We have just gatekeeps. <laughs> we've gatekept what is or isn't medicine. That's all we've done. Which is a whole can of worms. Let's not. Okay. I like Utah too. I hate to be just going down the line, um, but I think this team's got a lot of talent. And honestly, from what I saw last year and how they ended the season, it's just hard for me to pick a team like Florida that their momentum might not have been as good as Utah coming in with really high hopes in the momentum that they had with plenty of returners. I like Utah here. Yeah, a clean, clean sweep for the Utes in uh, that game. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even better if your team loses. Hey, no bad bets there. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So we're moving on to um, what is, I mean, look, this slate is packed full of great games. This is no exception. The Georgia Bulldogs defending national champ favored by 17 against Oregon. And uh, yeah, their, uh, their former defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, sitting back there at, uh, at head coach. So Jameson, do you think uh, 17 is a little too high here for the dogs? You think, you know, the old DC, you know, the old, uh, you know, the the old dog can get it done for the Ducks? Blake, look at me smile. You see this smirk? You see what it is? Guess what's on my mind right now. Just take your best guess. Just two words, two words. Two words? It could be a person's name. I know. Oh, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. There baby. we go. We're going Oregon, baby. The Bo Nix experience. If we know anything about it, that first game of the season, we'll go, damn, Bo Nix. He ain't bad. Oh, look at him. He might be actually something to be thought about this season. And guess what? 
and he's just going to crumble throughout the season. Oh, but it's not middle of the season. It's the beginning of the season, baby. I think Oregon going and playing Georgia, and I think Dan Lanning being the coach, they will have a little bit of an extra edge they'll need to cover this spread. And give me some Bo Nix magic, baby. Give me Georgia to win by 10. Ty, I love it. Yeah, I think this is a weird one just because the the 17-point line seems a little – it seems really high to me, even with the defending national champs and and an Oregon team that's facing a lot of turnover. But like we said, Oregon is bringing in a a great coach, and they brought in a a Bo Nix, who's a really questionable quarterback, but everybody knows his name. I would almost call Oregon the Baylor of the North. They're bringing in a D.C. off a national championship – that is probably going to be a very, very solid head coach. And also they wear green, and that's where those comparisons stop. Uh, green and yellow, so I guess there's three commonalities there. Uh, but I got to go with with the dogs here. Bonex has never played well against the dogs, and maybe you could credit some of that, or maybe even a lot of that, to his current head coach now at Oregon. But I really just think Georgia has his number and I, I really don't see Oregon being able to come in and, and bring in a whole new system. I understand it's a tremendous advantage to them that they have Georgia's outgoing defensive coordinator, but once the guy leaves, the, the system changes over, and I think bringing on someone's DC is a bit uh, less of an advantage than bringing on someone's OC, but we're, we're nitpicking details there. I'm going to tie my fate to the dogs at minus 17. Fair enough. Blake, who you got? Oh, I thought I was going to get a steal here with Oregon, but Jameson stole the thunder. He knows it's a Bo Nix game. We remember that poetry four years ago when Bo Nix played Oregon and had one of the most insane game-winning passes we've ever seen, a complete underthrow. This is just poetry written right here, and... Besides the Bo Nix factor, you got to look at two other things. One, Mario Cristobal over the last five years, this this team averaged a top 10 recruiting class like they are a very deep team and did a incredible job recruiting so even though Dan Landing's a first year head coach he's coming out with an incredible roster and a roster that has one of the best lines in the nation has one of the best defenses in the nation and you got the guy that has the insider intel for being at Georgia I just 17 points is too many points like Georgia is probably going to win this game but I think Oregon has enough firepower to keep it close Yeah, and ultimately, that's where I come down as well. Georgia is, I I think, without a doubt, the better team. But 17 points is such an insane line. And I I know it's going to be in Atlanta. I know that they're, you know, the defending champs. But my thing is, they lost too much, 15 players to the NFL draft. And, you know, like you said, you have that that landing factor. You have uh, Bo Nix back in the South trying to get revenge against his old rivals. It's too much for me to think that Georgia can come in there and just kind of clobber them by seven, by over 17. I, I just don't see it this year. I, I think, I think this Bulldog team is going to win the SEC East. I think it's going to be a contender for the playoff, but game one with that much, you know, kind of, you know, with those many, that much green, it makes me a little nervous. I, I, I kind of, I, I can't pick them. I think uh, I think Oregon covers 17. It's too much juice. Too much juice for a team that young, if you ask me. so I do want to say, quick quick programming note, not to cut you off, Bobby, before we move on, we are recording this 
Tuesday night. If you're listening later on these lines, I, I think this one will settle to a, a bit better of a line. I can see this one dropping down even to, to minus 14 when it gets closer to game time. So if you're listening now and, and looking to gamble on this, I'd probably, I'd probably wait on this one. I think it's going to get a little bit juicier if you're looking for the dogs. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, let's move. Speaking of juicy, just big old lines, let's move on to probably the game of the weekend. And honestly, what better way to kick off college football than with two of the biggest brands at a true road game? The Notre Dame Fighting Irish head to Columbus, the horseshoe to take on Ohio State. The Buckeyes favored by 17. Coach Marcus Freeman uh, actually complained to the media, uh, or less complained, more said that this point spread at the time, 17 and a half. Uh, was going to be put all around the locker room. It is going to be bulletin board material for him. Uh, keep in mind, this is the number five Irish we're talking about. Um, even though he is a first-year coach, I think that's you know kind of interesting. And look, I, I, I kind of find myself right back in the same position as the Oregon situation, where I think Ohio State is a better team. I think they're a by far better team. But there's something about that Notre Dame team. There's something about the way they've responded to Marcus Freeman that makes me think they're going to go out there, you know, fight their hardest and really put out a solid result and really make this game close. Um, I I really just, I, I, I see Notre Dame keeping this thing closer than 17. This line is ballooned, actually. Uh, it was 14, uh, 13 and a half uh, earlier in the summer. So it is it has... The, the 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 betters are slamming it on Ohio State, but um, for me, I just I I think Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman, who is an Ohio State alum, just keep it close enough in the shoe. Seventeen's too much for an opener, so um, give me Notre give me Notre Dame, give me the Irish here. Oh, and Blake. Blake is muted. <laughs> he is going oh, off. He was going off, too. No! I, I thought I was video. muted at first, and I muted myself before I started talking, but this is going to be a <laughs> boat race. It's going to be a boat race. Notre Dame is going to get blown out of the building. I think Ohio State has this one in the bag. I'll give a little credit to Notre Dame. I think great quarterback. Tyler Buckner is going to give him a dual threat style quarterback for the first time. I feel like in a very long time with Northwestern. Got a great tight end and Michael Myers. He's going to be probably an NFL uh, prospect, but it's just they can't compete with Ohio State's athleticism. That defense isn't dynamic enough to put pressure on Ohio State. They're probably going to score just about every possession, and there's been some key injuries on the line in camp that scares me about Notre Dame that... I don't think Ohio State's defense is very good, but they have two good edge rushers that are going to put pressure on the quarterback. I just, this Notre Dame team, I feel like it's what we see in the playoffs every year. It's like, they're a solid team, and Notre Dame is probably going to go 10-2 and this year. Like, could even go 11-1, who knows? But I just feel like they are not dynamic enough to keep up with this Ohio State team. It's going to look like those typical Notre Dame-Alabama games that we all think about. It's going to be a boat race. Give me Ohio State. We need to clip that, 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 uh, that, um, you know, Gungan boat race set up there. That was great. Um, anyways, Ty, who do you got in this one? Let me tell you guys a personal story that I think really applies to this game. Notre Dame has seen a lot of, of turmoil in this off season, much like OU actually exactly like OU. If, if the OU thing hadn't broached the, the public knowledge first, 
that's a, it doesn't make sense if you know the definition of those words. Uh, had the OU thing not come up immediately right before, the Notre Dame thing would be the biggest story. It was just it, it was just a shocking, but it played second fiddle to the the OU story. And it reminds me of uh, I, I used to play I used to play a lot of golf, and back in 1980, I was at this country club and I was walking around and and I stumbled upon the assistant greenskeeper, and he was mumbling to himself. And he said, oh, Cinderella story, Cinderella story. The crowd goes quiet. Former greenskeeper about to become the master's champion. And then he whacked a tulip and started celebrating that it was in the hole. The Cinderella story had been completed. That's not the case here. This is not a Cinderella story. Notre Dame's not even an underdog. They're wildly overranked as number five. They should be number 15. Give me oh, the Ohio yeah. State Buckeyes. This line should be in the 20s. This line should be in the 20s, if not the 30s. This line should be equal to the one that Bama has against Utah State. Get Notre Dame out of here. I understand they've got a great cultural buy-in. I think their incoming coach is going to do great things there. I think they're going to end up being better than they were under Ryan Kelly, but it's not going to happen in this one. I'll tell you that right now. Give me the Buckeyes. Ooh, Ooh. cold take alert banner coming up by Bobby. Look at him giggling. You really better hope Ohio State doesn't knock the doors off Notre Dame because he's going to be on an island whenever I pick Ohio State. I think Ohio State comes out, destroys Notre Dame, and says, I'm the number one team in the nation. I don't want to hear about this Alabama stuff. We are going to be the favorite to win the national championship because we just have so much firepower on offense. I don't know if they're going to be ranked number one, but I think there's going to be people talking about it after this week. Hey, well, hopefully my tenure as an island boy goes better on this one than it did last <laughs> week. So uh, anyways, uh, let's move on to uh, Notre Dame's ex. Uh, the L Brian Kelly has his debut with the Louisiana State Tigers on Sunday night, a rare Sunday college football game. They're favored by three at the Louisiana Superdome. Sorry, the Caesar. Oh, no, but it can't say them. The uh, uh, opponent. Uh, opponent uh, sportsbook Superdome do not use them uh, against uh, the Florida State Seminoles. So, Jameson, do you think Brian Kelly gets off to a good start out, uh, you know, in New Orleans uh, in, under the dome? Uh, I think he does, but Blake, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick LSU. I'm not backing up on this, but I just want to. Have you heard any rumblings about this secret quarterback that's coming out of LSU? Brian Kelly has picked it, but refuses to tell anybody. Have it's gonna be Jaden Daniels. I think it's dirty. <laughs> it's gonna be. No. It's bad. It's bad. Whenever I saw, uh, was it Miles Brennan? Who's the guy that retired? Yes, Miles Brennan. Yes, Brennan. Yeah, when he retired, I'm like, oh no! Like it's gonna be Jalen Daniels. I I'm picking LSU. I'm hoping for the best. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything I can say. No, let's pass it on to Arizona state correspondent Ty for the next pick. Yeah. So I actually have some real analysis for this one, Florida state. This is their second game of the season. They played uh, last week against Duquinacy or something. <laughs> Duquesne. <laughs> <laughs> the um, college basketball fan and Blake, he, he, his heart just like broke. <laughs> it shrank three sizes. <laughs> Gosh okay. dang it! Res but anyways, respect the anyways. all right. So, so where no, so, so where but, were we tied? They beat Duquesne. Yeah, so, but they beat them. They beat them pretty significantly. But here's the thing: they came away from that game with a very, very, very run-heavy offense, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Here's what is a bad thing. Florida State's line 
according to the experts, I don't know how you saw this against an FCS team, but according to the experts, Florida State line is still potentially pretty questionable. So I guess there were some sort of issues there and, and there's some roster depth issues and everything else. LSU does not have a bad defensive line. They have a very good defensive line. They have a very good linebacking core coming in. This is a three-point line, and you're telling me that it's a team that relies on the run and has a questionable O-line versus a team that has a really solid D-line. Regardless of what LSU is going to be able to put up offensively, the fact that this is a three-point line, I think LSU has this one. I I understand you guys jump on me constantly for my, if it's three or less, you're basically picking it straight up. Um, you know, we can argue that all day. I see it as like 17, you know, whether or not you're going to hit or not in, in blackjack type thing. But I really like LSU minus three in this one. If this line started to get a little bit different, maybe not. But I think this one potentially has big blowout potential just because that Florida State key weakness that I've identified through my analysis. Uh, but minus three, I really like the uh the tigers in this one are you saying you're hitting on 17 and blackjack no okay no okay. that's not what i, I was saying no i'm saying it's, it's like it's, it's not a perfect it's not a perfect metric but okay, okay. on a long enough timeline it works out that's how my minus three on picking the spread because again imagine, we count a push as a win i just yours. imagine ty at like 1 a.m at a blackjack table in vegas like 17 hit me slapping the table i can see it right now in my brain He's a bold man. What can you say? Blake, who do you got in this matchup? Yeah, I don't really love either sides of this. These are two pretty disappointing teams. And as Jameson pointed out, like, I'm going to be backing the LSU Tigers, but I got to deal with the Jaden Daniels experience. A guy who did not show up at ASU whatsoever, really like digressed after his, uh, not digressed. Oh my Regressed? God, I can't even Degress. 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 Yes. Regress. Regress. I was Regress. trying to recruit the two, two, the two words together. Regressed after his freshman season, which I hate. And he was also had like a billion demands coming through his parents on what needed to happen at ASU. I hate that culture. But I don't understand why this is like, it's basically a pick em. Three points is what you would give a good home field. This <laughs> practically is home field. <laughs> This Hi. practically, oh no, God. this okay. I'm so rattled right now. Basically, this is just this is a home game for LSU. They have better skill positions. Uh, if you don't know about Boutte, the wide receiver out of LSU, that's a name you'll want to hear because he could be a first-team All-American receiver by the end of the year. Like, LSU always does great about recruiting skill positions, wide receivers, uh, running backs. They have their defense is eh, but I think the schematics will help them drastically this year. So I'm just going to take the team with the better talent here when it's basically a home game. So give me LSU. Yeah, it, it's a, like you said, it's a home game. Uh, the, the the I feel like LSU under the dome, like there's some magic going on there. So like I, I you, you can't fade them. Not only that, but like, you know, LSU's talent has never been the issue. It's always been, you know, whether or not they could get a competent coach in there. And sometimes incompetent coaches could win at LSU. We've seen it uh, with, you know, uh, and we've seen it with Les Miles who ate grass. Uh, Nick so, Saban. Well, Nick Saban was actually good. So, <laughs> um, but he also did leave LSU to take on the job at the Miami Dolphins. So maybe he wasn't that competent then yet. 
but he became competent. Anyways, I digress. Uh, I LSU is going to win this one. I'm not big on them as far as the whole season goes, but they should beat a uh, Florida State team who is still trying to find their way, still trying to get back to prominence. They're not remotely there yet, um, but um, I, I just I don't see them really making this that much of a game. Uh, give me LSU minus three uh, at essentially home. All right, we're moving on to our Big 12 uh, segment of the show and starting off with a dormant rivalry that we're all pumped about to be back. It's a backyard brawl. West Virginia travels to Pitt, who are favored by seven and a half. This is a battle of former USC quarterbacks with Keaton Slovis out at Pitt, JD Daniels out at West Virginia. And let me tell you, I've, I've been really struggling with this one. It's It's been a mess for me because... You know, if you look at the, the the metrics that don't involve the game, I have a lot. There are a lot of things I really like about West Virginia. I really like their uniforms. So the country road set they're breaking out is is awesome. That is so cool. And not only that, but you have a guy who got replaced by the other guy on the other team. That usually never happens. That's exciting, to say the least. And you know, bringing back the you know air raid that awesome system that West Virginia had before Neil Brown came in, you know, there's a lot to be intrigued about that. But for me, they just lost too much on defense. And I, I don't know what that offense looks like. Now I know Pitt's not great. I know they lost from Madison, but for me, I feel like there's just more talent there. I think Pitt gets the edge on this. I don't love this pick. I'm personally not going to put anything down on it, but um, if I had to pick Pitt at home, uh, that's what I'm settling with. So give me the Pitt Panthers. Blake? I will be joining you, Bobby. I am also on the Pitt Panthers, and I think similar to how Cincinnati is overshadowed by the, like, big names that they lost is, like, even more intense when it comes to Pitt. Pitt returns eight starters on offense, and the two that we think about is Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, which is, like, granted, good ones to think about, like, One's a Blintikoff winner, the other is a first-round NFL pick, but they bring back eight guys with a competent quarterback, and I think with Keaton Slovis, and they have one of the best offensive lines, they have an elite defensive uh, line, um, there's so much talent on this pit roster, and I look across the, the way at West Virginia, they've lost a lot of talent, and they really just added JT Daniels, and I don't, I honestly don't feel like... I think Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels, probably pretty similar quarterbacks. Not enough to give me the edge. I, I Kind of like Bobby, I'm not really on the 7.5 here, just because I know rivalry games can get sloppy. But I say bet under 51, 51.5. It's kind of floating around there right now, just because Pitt's going to slow down the ball. They want to run it right now. And I just don't trust West Virginia on the first game of the year to start clicking and scoring at a rapid pace. So I would take the under this game. But since we have to choose spreads, give me the seven and a half. Fair enough. Ty? Yeah, I, I think it, we've we've sort of, you guys have covered it in, in much greater depth than, than I can. Um, Pitt, question mark because losing a lot of people coming off of some good stuff west virginia i think less of a question mark i, th I think we know generally what the the product they're going to put out this year is going to be 
All that being said, I, I don't necessarily know that home field advantage is that great. West Virginia uh, is is pretty much right there by Pittsburgh. Most of the people I know from Pittsburgh went to went to West Virginia, but I, I think home field advantage not necessarily a factor. But I'm gonna have to go with Pitt. It's it's a lot of last year analysis, honestly. I know they're losing a lot of people, but I just feel like West Virginia is going to be bad, bad this year. I could see this one being a, a 10-point game for Pitt, even with Pitt bringing in a, basically a new product. Fair enough. Jamison, who do you got? Ooh-wee, time to deviate. Give me some West Virginia. And I was going to go with the same mindset of Blake, thinking it will be sloppy first game of the season. Um, but he says it's going to be sloppy, but they still cover the seven and a half. I think the revenge factor is a big thing for JT Daniels. And I think with Graham Harrell there, they're going to show some scheme that um, is going to put a lot of things on tape that people are going to have to look at for the rest of the season. I'm not saying West Virginia goes out and wins this game, but I think they keep it close in this rivalry game. I'm going to go against the grain and go West Virginia. Fair enough. I, I could, I could see this game being decided by a field goal. So you know, I, I, I don't blame you. This is the toughest one on the slate. Definitely. Yeah. This is also one of those ones, like, you know, you pick something for the weekend spread, but you also kind of want to root against it just because like, I would love an all time classic game with this and like really put the pressure. Oh, wait, that's you. That's you, Ty. (laughs) That's you. Ty. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to get somebody off their mark. is just to be like, the man froze. Like, No, okay. I wasn't trying to. If that was on my end, that's the weirdest glitch out ever because Blake froze and I could see Bobby and Jameson moving. So that's uh, that's Blake's speed just for you froze. That is that is a rattling move. I'm gonna use that later on in the season. Just be like the man froze. (laughs) That that stopped me in my tracks. I don't even know where I was. Use uh, use that one in court. Oh, it's good. Oh God, yeah, I don't even know where I was at, but just I love how Ty was classic. in the wrong, but still kind of won here. <laughs> oh, it's good. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Central Michigan, heading to Stillwater to face the Oklahoma State Cowboys to maybe start a winning streak in Stillwater. Last time this matchup happened, Cooper Rush, or was it Brandon Rush? I can't remember. Which rush? Cooper Rush. Oh no. Yeah. Brandon yeah, Cooper, Rush yeah. is a basketball was player it, from Kansas. That's right. That's right. I got I got my rushes confused. Was it Cooper Jeff, Rush? Let, let, it, let it be known that uh Blake earlier in the podcast referred to Kobe Bryant of Cincinnati well, as Kobe, Kobe White of the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. So, I mean, whatever we're at all, this point. We're all over the place. Hey, it's week one still. We're still trying to shake it off. But um yeah. So Cooper Cooper Rush. Went into uh, Stillwater, beat him on a last-second game, or on, on a game-winning touchdown that OSU still doesn't claim. They erased it from their uh, championship rings, or not like their ball championship rings. They didn't really even win anything that year. Um, so this is the rubber match. This is the rematch. We'll see how it the goes. The rubber match. The rubber match is actually like a deciding game between like three teams. It, it's not a rubber match. I fuck. I screwed up. <laughs> no, uh, just, I've never heard that before, so I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Jameson. I miss the weekend spread so much. <laughs> this is this is great. I love it. Jameson is 22 points too much for Oklahoma State in week one. Who's been the biggest naysayer on the Oklahoma State Cowboys team? Me. The problem is 
I just think that there's a lot of people saying Oklahoma State has to have this a little bit closer because they seem to come out really slow at the beginning of the season. We saw what happened to them last year. But Central Michigan's losing a lot. Like They were a team that I feel like really relied on their offensive line last season. You know, Bernard Raymond losing, and um, they had another draft pick on the offensive line. I noticed a good amount of you know players from Central Michigan. I think Pimpleton, um, Hard Knocks people, is also gone from Central Michigan. They're losing a lot of their stars. I think Oklahoma State just has a solid team, and they'll just hack away at the Central Michigan team and win by 24-plus. Fair enough. Ty, yeah. first of all, apologies Bobby, for— Yeah, Bobby uh, has placed an yeah. hat on my face <laughs> to throw me off. Uh, the over, the overlay the overlay was screwed up. I accidentally put an at. I, I forgot to delete an at. Uh, when I when I'm editing these, um, there's a transparent background, so it showed up as nothing. Uh, but no, there's an at mm. over uh, Ty's face. So apologies there. The uh, antics Ty. are out in full force today. It's week one, people. <laughs> we got the we got the freezer stun and the at stun. We're trying everything. <laughs> Trade through everyone oh off. Die, we can uh, spread. Anyways, yeah, Oklahoma State uh, versus Central Michigan. I have three bullet points. I'm just going to read them verbatim. Future conference game? Question mark. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing. I was just on mute. <laughs> oh God! Die. You lost to them in 2016, and then my last bullet point is just OSU because that's who I'm taking. There you go. Okay. Blake, who do you got? So, I am a man of principle, I will say that. I did not realize Khalil Pimpleton had graduated and had gone to the Are NFL because... Hard Knocks? No, I hate... Like, I don't really care about Hard Knocks. I don't really care about the NFL preseason. It's just, like, a whole bunch of nothing. It's like, they try to make you get excited about football, but I don't like watching third stringers in the NFL, like, go at it. It's like, Hard Knocks makes you think that... Oh, like, it's a really hard decision week to week who to cut. I bet going into camp, they know besides maybe one or two guys who they're going to cut. I think it's a complete lie, total lie. Cold take alert. Cold take alert. No, no. (laughs) It's just like... By the end, like, by week two or three of Hard Knocks, all you care about is, like, I want to see real football. And I think week zero of college football does it better than the NFL with Hard Knocks in the preseason and stuff like that. So... I, but I'm a man of principle. I thought Cleo Pimpleton was there. I'm going to take Central Michigan. I, I fully thought they still had some elite weapons there. They do not, but if we're going to give a positive spin to this, Oklahoma State, I feel like every year there's a line that I see where it's like criminally low and I'm like, oh my god, I gotta give my biggest slam ever to OSU, there's no way, and they always end up, they cover, but they'll cover by, like, a last second, like, play, or they just don't cover at all, like, Missouri State, I remember sweating out, I made the biggest bet of my life, versus, I believe it was two or three years ago, as well, I was in law school, versus Tulsa, and I was, like, at a function, just sweating this, like, sweating out Tulsa OSU, and I it happens every year. I got to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to take the Chippewas, even though I didn't realize like most of their roster graduated, but Maction, baby. Maction and Maction and Sep- or yeah, it'll be September by then in yes. September. Yes. Give me the September. Chippewas. So, I, I mean, look, Blake, you and I are, are thinking exactly alike here because look, in 2020, I was all in on OSU minus 22 and a half against Tulsa at home. They won by a field goal. That was yeah. devastating. 
So fool me once, 2021, you know, yeah, sure, they looked bad against Missouri State, but you know what? I, I think I think OSU, you know, 13 and a half points, you know, they can, they can beat Tulsa. Fool me twice. Fool me three times. It ain't happening. I'm just saying. I'm going to go with the Chippewas here. I think yeah. they cover. I 22 points is just too much. I think Oklahoma State wins by like like two scores, like a 14, maybe a 17. But 22 is just completely ignoring what happens in the past. They always get off to a really rocky start. Um, having to you know full reset the defense. I don't believe in Spencer Sanders as well. I'm just I I, I don't see it happening. I think the chips are going to cover 22. Um, this line is ridden up. Uh, from the whales, it seems. So everyone's betting on the Cowboys. I just don't see it this year. So um, yeah, give me give me the chips here. Yeah, and if it does go awry, like me and Bobby think, it's gonna be a miserable day for Ty and Jameson. Nothing worse than trying to watch Spencer Sanders and rely on him to make a play. Like there is nothing worse than college football. It is it is such a shame. People do not talk about the fact that he won first team all Big Twelve quarterback last year. First team, first team. Is this I your don't... shield? Is this your shield, Blake? Is this your no, shield? That... Spencer Sanders is not the representation of our shield. Gary Bohannon last year. Oh, oh no, yeah, that's, that's propaganda. That's propaganda. <laughs> propaganda. Propaganda. I'm removing Jameson from the show. Can't, can't have that for me i'm back <laughs> i forgot he can do that anyways so all right um let's move on let's move on so blake we're gonna have boots on ground for this one the tcu horn frogs travel to boulder colorado to face off against the colorado buffaloes future conference matchup maybe we'll see but the frogs are favored by 14 this line has absolutely shot up it was 10 and a half when i when i started this list and it's gone to 14 the whales are slamming the frogs and i think for good reason colorado is nothing but a logo at this point yeah they were really good for a while there you know i in the the, the, the uh, mel tucker era you know they had a little bit of a revival but they've been awful 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 ever since looking at last year they're the you know how nebraska was like that two-win team that should have been better Colorado was a four-win team that should have been worse. Their two, the, the, the two wins that weren't settled by a field goal, uh, it was against Northern Colorado, I think. So they beat NoCo or Northern Arizona, someone really garbage. And then they beat Arizona, who is also garbage. So to me, I feel like Colorado should like should have been worse. I feel like this is a game people are putting a lot of like money on the brand. And clearly they figured it out. They woke up and started putting money on the frogs. I know TCU has a lot to work with and they need to, you know, they need to prove themselves under Sunny Dykes, but uh, Colorado, that's going to be easy work to me. Uh, so give me TCU to cover 14 and a half on the road at Folsom Field. Blake, how you feel about this one? I kind of think I know where you're going with this. It's easy. You know how I'm going in this one. I wouldn't be traveling to a different state to watch the TCU Frogs if I knew I wasn't going to see a win, if I knew I wasn't going to see a blowout. Give me the Frogs minus 14. I would bet this up to 17, 18. I think we're going to win by three scores, and it really is like kind of what Bobby said. It's like 
both were in pretty similar positions last year. Really underwhelming defense, kind of got gutted by the transfer portal, and now this year happens. But the positives about TCU is we got a brand new coach with a good offensive philosophy. We have, I think, two starting quarterbacks, which won't be good when actual time starts. But against a Colorado, it means that we're going to be fine. We have one of the best, I think, top 15 receiving rooms in the nation. And our defense isn't going to be spectacular this year, but I think the new scheme uh, that's coming in is going to simplify it a lot for them. It's going to make it easier. I just don't see how we lose to this Colorado team. And so I'm excited to go to this game. I'm ready to see Ralphie run. I need to see at least him score once, at least three points, because I want to see I want to see the Buffaloes run. And I made sure to get tickets high enough so I could see the mountains as I watched the game, because that was very important to me, because... We don't get to see many mountains in the Big 12, but I think this is going to be an awesome game. Uh, I'm really excited for it, but I just think TCU has way more firepower. So give me the frogs. Well, I really hope that trip goes well for you because uh, that uh, honestly sounds like a great one. And Ty, I know you've sung the praises of how you wished OU still played Colorado. You wished we still had that Boulder Road trip. I don't know. Do you have a little sympathy for the for the buffs here? You, you think it a maybe a little bit of an upset? I I've been a I've been a lifelong sympathizer with the Colorado Buffaloes. They've never really been good in our lifetimes and in college football. That you know, unfortunately, but I honestly, unfortunately, I could see Colorado uh, soon going the way of of you know potentially downgrading or or axing their program if the Pac-12 went went bust. Oh. But yeah, I I you know the the justification for wishing they were still in the Big Twelve. Blake just saying it with his you know with his vote financially, even to go the, the chance that he had to go to, to Boulder, to watch a game. It's just, you know, being able to go up there in the fall and, and see a, a good football game for your team is, is a great advantage. I think TCU is, is going to carry the day. I think 14 is, is surprisingly reasonable for a double digit line for this TCU team. I think uh, Sonny Cumbie and his uh, Horn Frogs are going to carry the day. Oh, screw you. <laughs> okay, but it's weird. It's weird that there's that there's multiple people to pick from associated or formerly associated with TCU called Sonny. That's just you can't blame me for that one. It's like one of those And they all randomly have ties to Texas Tech. Too. Yeah, if I like if if you had Does a dollar Does TCU have a Sonny problem? You know, if uh, I had a dollar, it would be two, but it'd still be weird that it happened twice, type thing, you know? I, I guess it's just always sunny in Fort Worth. Yep. Always sending in Fort Worth. I should have gotten booed for that one, but that's okay. I got a win. Jameson, who do you got on this one? Um, I was looking up before the podcast to see if Sonny Dykes had came out and said there is a starting quarterback for this nope. game. Nope. Three. You know what he said? He said <laughs> we, three we quarterbacks. Got three. We got three. We got Max. We got Chandog. And we got Sam Jackson. And no Hans Franz? What the hell? He's the a tight end now. The absolute arrogance and confidence to say, I could see three quarterbacks playing in this game. That's how confident he is. Usually, I would like to penalize a little bit of arrogance. But let me tell you something. You got to be extremely confident to be great. Um, and I'm rolling with them. Give me TCU. There you go. All love for the Frogs. They sweep this one on the road. Moving on to the game that 
everybody in college football is going to want to tune in for for sure at 2:30. The only good game at 2:30. Don't look at the don't do not even look at your TV. Just tune in to Fox to watch the UTEP Miners heading to the Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners favored by 30 and a half. This line has dipped recent days from 32 down to 30 and a half. Jameson, do you see cause for worry? Do you think Brent Venables could get that vaunted, that valued first cover? Are you telling me that North Texas went out and beat this team by 18 and we're turning around and lowering the spread against OU at home on opening day where there's a lot to prove under a new coaching staff? You don't think that this team is going to be fired up to prove themselves? There has been a huge chip on their shoulder this whole offseason with all of the negative media that's been going around. They're going to destroy UTEP. I would take this at 39. I'd take this probably at 42, honestly. That's how confident I am. I think 30 and a half, I 42 might be a little much. I think we win by 40 plus. I, I, that's really what I'm saying. I think we just blow them out and just run them into the dirt and they just can't stop us. Seems fair. Ty, who do you got? I agree with Jameson. Not to be a not to be a an OU homer, but 30 and a half, I love that. I absolutely love that. I really, I feel like a lot of the times OU gets an inflated line on these, but now especially it, we've seen the on-the-field product with UTEP and and what they were exposed to. It's everything that UNT threw at them pretty much worked. You know, no pun intended, even passing game and running game, and OU's just kind of presented an infinitely better uh, product on field. So it's basically, the way I'm analyzing it is, UTEP at home lost by 18. That's less than half of this OU line, or that's more than half of this OU line. So do I think that OU can put together an offensive product and a defensive product that is less than twice as good as UNT? I think we can put together one that's at least twice as good as UNT, and that would put us up to, uh, I can't do mental math, uh, but higher than 30 because 30 divided by two is 15. So give me the Sooners in this one. I'm sorry. I, I, I took math. math classes. Yeah, I took math Quick at OU. Maths. I took math at OU. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, I couldn't, I couldn't hack math at OU. So I took intro to logic and just use that as my credit. So don't, don't be dissed at OU. Blake's, a, Blake's really a big tough. logic fan. Blake's a big logic fan. Yeah, whenever, he, whenever, oh, he no. misses a, uh, whenever he misses a take, oh, he sends that one logic song to the group chat. Or no, uh, yeah. Danny, or Danny yeah. Rick's leaves. So I had to, I had yeah, to slip it's... one random F1 thing in there. Blake, who do you got? Uh, yeah, there's no point going contrarian here. It's uh, UTEP was gross last weekend. They're slow. They didn't throw the ball well. They didn't run the ball well. If you're going to come out and get slow versus this OU team, I just can't see that. Like, Brett Venables is a great defensive coach. He's gonna do like he's gonna improve this OU defense so much. I just can't like I see OU scoring at least over forty points, and I can't imagine UTEP scoring over ten. I just think this is this is a really bad matchup. It's I just this feels like an FCS game at this point. So just give me OU. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, and you know, given how bad UTEP looked last week. Yeah, you, look, before if you just if you if you removed week 0, I would have thought about UTEP at 23 or at, sorry, at 32. But after seeing how bad they looked in that second half, 
I, it's clearly OU to me. And you know what What they should do? Because they struggled so bad against that 30-year-old quarterback, they need to break out old Jimmy Greenbeans. Uh, he's a 51-year-old scout team guy. Uh, been slinging that rock. You know, uh, yeah, Jimmy Greenbeans. You know, the guy that looks suspiciously like Brenton Venables because he is Brenton Venables. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, put him behind center. They'll beat him by like 100. All, all jokes, all bad jokes aside... I think OU covers this easy. Um, I, I think OU has a lot to prove after this offseason. And uh, poor UTEP is just, they're, they're the unlucky saps who have to deal with um, over 250 days of, of frustration and pain and um, a lot of garbage that, you know, look, if the fans felt it, imagine how the players in the program felt it. Imagine how every single one of those guys who committed to Lincoln Riley and had him leave in the middle of the, like the middle of the night, say five words to him and then ditch. Imagine how they felt that's been stewing on their minds too. So you cannot tell me that with the motivator that Brent is that OU isn't going to go out here and wipe UTEP completely off the map. I'm not going to tell you they aren't because they are. Give me the Sooners minus 30 and a half. It's going to be not even close. And I know I've been optimistic about them in the ha- in the past, but this is different. I really think this is different. I think they're going to really show out and, um, you know, really, really put the hammer to them. So give me the Sooners big here. All right, let's move on to my personal favorite pick of the week. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes! It's time for the wild card picks, where all of us get to decide one game that was not on the slate and make that pick. Uh, it's a freestyle, which could be good or could be bad. Too much freedom's a bad thing, as Ty uh, knows sometimes, you know. Woof. Um, and then, of course, also, if you're new to the weekend spread, there's also the elusive, the mysterious pot of greed that could be made at any time to add an extra uh, wild card. Super dangerous. Can only use it once per season on the weekend spread. So use it wisely. All right. I am very happy that I got this one because I I, I feel like someone would have snagged it if I didn't get go get to go first. But I, I love it. I've been sir I've had this one circled for months, and I'm thrilled to pick it. Give me the Appalachian State Mountaineers, my beloved Ooh. Yosef, to win. At home, straight up against North Carolina. Look, this, I I, I know the line's not great. I, at times this season, or this offseason, I believe it's gone as uh, high as plus three for App, for App State. But this just feels like a perfect storm. You know, uh, App State's been really good. They return, return a lot of really good talent. For me, they're like the Sun Belt champ. Uh, I think they have an outside shot at making a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think they make a statement here with North Carolina coming in. They don't have Sam Howell. They're kind of down a little bit. I think this is just the perfect, perfect storm of a, you know, group of five team getting, getting big brother in at home, big brother in at home. It's going to be, it's going to be good. So give me Yosef plus one. Give me Yosef uh, straight up uh, to start this wild card session. Blake, who do you got? Oh, Bobby, I love that pick. Uh, as a 
UNC minus 35 backer who got one of the worst bad beats of all time starting this season last week. I agree with you because honestly, they struggled a little too much for Florida A&M, a team that was missing tons and tons and tons of starters. They almost canceled the game. Yes, they almost canceled the game because they didn't have enough players to play. That is how dire of a situation Florida A&M, which is a respectable FCS team, but still, you can't struggle with that at home. This one was hard. I had to use a little restraint. I wanted to use a pot of greed because, honestly, I like a lot of the games on the slate. Like Bobby, I was a App State backer. Also, as I call the enemy is the enemy of my enemy is my friend game in uh, Arizona at San Diego State. Hate both of those teams with a burning passion. Uh, Arizona might be more for basketball. Uh, I loved Arizona there. I think they're going to win. I'm going to bet them money line because screw those Aztecs <laughs> down in San Diego State. And I think it's only getting – I'm not going to get too much into it, but if just read the headlines, and I'm pretty validated on that take. Blake, I think you were right. I think yeah, yep. you, 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 knew, you knew something was up. You were right. I knew something was up. Always right. Don't trust San Diego State. We hate them on this pod. Then Coastal Carolina Army popped up. I do love me some Chanticleers. That was very tasty. I do love them, but didn't go with them. Then I looked at Boise State, Oregon State. My spooky beeves! Don't like them at home. I like some Boise State. That was tempting to use my pot of greed on. Had some restraint. We're not using the pot of greed this week. We gotta win this. So I chose a Sickos matchup. I love to highlight do it. Do the group it. of five. I think I know what it is. Oh. Boko Pick'em at Nevada. We saw it last week. Nevada is such a horrible team that I do not know how you don't pick against them this week. We saw Shane Illingworth go out there, throw 51 yards. We saw Nate Cox replace him, go out there, similar throwing percentage, 27 yards. This team can't move the ball. They don't have that good of a defense. We knew what New Mexico State was. They're a bad team. That's fine. We throw that out there. Like, that was a bad read on me. I could have gotten a better line earlier in the summer, but we learn. The odds makers haven't caught up to Nevada. They aren't good offensively. Boko isn't good either, but at least they're a bad team. Not a super bad team. Not like the Hawaii's. Not like the New Mexico State's. Not... I can't even put UConn there anymore. Maybe he's a U.S., but... Look, I think at a pick em, Reno not being that much of a home field advantage, give me Boko the Bobcat. Pick em. Yes. I don't even care if the lines even yes. move, but are you joining let, me, Jameson? Let the Boko flow through you. <laughs> We're bringing back Boko. <laughs> Blake is still holding out on Jake Spavital, like working out, I'm sure. Yeah, he has There's a part of you that thinks he's going to pull it I'm off. I'm like, he has a dynamic offense. I say that every year. It really isn't that dynamic, but you know what? Just that thought, that thought alone is going to propel me to a win this week. Give me, give me Boko. We're bringing Boko magic back. Fair enough. There we go. Week one, Boko magic. You'll love to see it. Ty, who do you got? The greatest strategic move that I've ever made on this podcast was introducing the invasive species that is Boko the Bobcat to the weekend spread because there's just something about that team. There's just something about Texas State that gets people hooked. I got I introduced it as a joke. I think it's one of the few wild cards that actually won. Uh, actually, no, I, I introduced them by my championship winning year, which was two years ago when I won the weekend spread. And then last year, Jameson got hooked on the Boko. 
and, and could not wean himself from every time he didn't pick Boko and they ended up covering, he'd get the withdrawals. And now I'm so glad that I've gotten <laughs> Blake hooked on the Boko because Boko is, is a, it, Boko is a vicious, vicious thing to tie your, your luck to. So a uh, great strategic move. I this one's a pick them. So who knows? Uh, with all that being said, like Blake said, there are some juicy, juicy ones out there. I'm not going to lie. Right up until this one, I had one in mind and then I kind of changed it. But I've got to go with, in my opinion, what is the most sicko one for us to pick. And that's right. Minus, and I'm going off of, so we lock in our lines previous for those listening and viewing. We lock in our lines about midday on on the day of recording from DraftKings, our wonderful sponsors. Uh, The wild cards, because we pick them individually, sometimes they'll will change a little bit. So as of time of recording, I want to make it clear, I'm going on 37.5. And if you guys have the lines pulled up, it's the only 37.5 right now. That's right. I'm taking the horns. Give me the Texas Longhorns against Louisiana Monroe. (laughs) Okay, you got to keep in mind the team they're playing. We're going to do some last year analysis because it's the best we've got. We're talking about a team that lost to Texas State, lost to Arkansas. They lose to everyone that they play. They're not good. Texas, I think Texas is going to do the stereotypical Texas thing where they just absolutely stomp a garbage team at Louisiana Monroe or with Louisiana Monroe or they're playing at Texas and then have all this hype coming in against their week two game against Bama where they'll just get (laughs) exposed and it will just break their brains for the rest of the year. But I think 37 and a half, I know it's high. But give me, give me those Texas Longhorns to carry the day against their. I guess they share a border, so some sort of border rivals. Uh, with that being said, before I pass it on to Jameson, I summon Pot of Greed at a later date. Oh, at a later oh, date. oh, I will not be doing it now. Oh, how? I da- not, but I was, I was this close. I'm not. I was this close to Pot of Greeting Bama at 42 over Utah State. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that one's a really firm bet too. Honestly, that's the one I was going to pick. I changed to Texas just for the meta. It's a much worse pick. I'm putting myself at risk here by picking that one over the Bama one, but uh, I'm saving my pot of greed to to use it more strategically later on, even though I think Bama minus 42 is high, but I think it's a good one. That was so mean. I was so excited to like drop the pot of greed video. I had my finger on the button. When I was guy. planning on doing the fake, even before you like mentioned it before, and I was like, "Oh, that's a perfect setup." But, yeah. Rookie, rookie move by Ty here, bringing out all of his tricks in week one, just not not saving some for the rest of the year. How am I bringing out my? T- I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Wait, Ty, well, you're you frozen. Teased it. You teased it. He's Ty, you're frozen. Like you're not good. See. How see, you, no, you at no point did you fool me. <laughs> I was never fooled. No, see. Can we also talk about how Blake's monologue was very like Stephen A. Smith esque? It was very good, very well crafted. So mm. I'm, I, uh, I can't wait for the day that Shannon Sharp just hits, uh, hits him with "You're frozen. You're frozen. Skip. You're frozen. Skip. You're frozen." He's <laughs> like, "I'm in person." Uh, Jameson, your time to shine. You have our last wild card of the week. Who do you got? 
Yeah, as the last wild card picker, I kind of feel like Lee Corso here. You know, you know, the last one that everyone's oh, waiting goodness. for. I know everyone was looking for. Oh, there goes Blake's pretty good. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> here, here's here's what it is. Um, I've been thinking about this pick for the whole off season. It's been <laughs> on my mind for a really long time, and I learned. You know what, Jameson. You're just going to go with your heart. Pick something for fun. That's what the weekend spread is, right? You pick for fun. Do it. <laughs> and do it. Blake do it. To go out do it now. Do it, Anakin. He spoils, he spoils a moment. He goes ahead and hops on Boko. Let it be known that Nevada's line opened up at eight and a half versus Boko. And it's traveled all the way down to Nevada minus one. You know what? Give me that headgear. Give me the Texas State Bobcats. I got a Texas State Tailgaters t-shirt, and I'm putting it on, baby. We are going Boko the Bobcat to start out the season. Oh, give me that head. Give me the Boko. Double Boko. Double Boko. <laughs> we, had a, we had a double pick last weekend. Texas State. Let's go. Texas State Tailgater, baby. No. <laughs> this is a hallmark moment on the weekend spread. Let's go. Oh my god, yes, double Boko. Oh my and god. What how fitting the tailgater shirt. I'm actually tailgating Blake's pick. There, there you go. Perfect. You are a Texas State go. tailgater. You tailgated that like like that. I wonder what the tailgates are like out in uh uh San Marcos, Texas for, for Texas State. School. Games. They're they're live. Probably fantastic. They're, yeah. They're honestly one of the better schools in the nation in terms of like partying. Oh, as we know, like Boko, Boko the Bobcat. If you look at his, uh, you know, biography, he got his major in partyology, right, Ty? <laughs> yes. Sorry, I had to cross over. <laughs> no, it's okay. It was a bad time. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, he, yes. he has. He, yeah, partyology. He's which working is, on. Um, he's working on it. He's yet to graduate. Much like me. He's, he's also been in school for like over a hundred years. It, the, the Texas State biography. Again, much much like me. Yes. <laughs> incredible stuff what the double boco i i'm kind of rooting for him that's that's really great stuff you know you I, better we we got boco uh boco spoiler alert is appearing on the weekend spread like as a regular pick a couple weeks from now when they play baylor but i'm really happy to see him pop up for week one wild cards so shout out to boco shout out to Bo- we need to make it down to san marcus for a game mm-hmm. that would be, be fun. a lot of fun oh, just that. be ready that yeah, no, just be ready. Lane Hatcher gonna take the world on fire as he just goes <laughs> off. Arkansas State transfer absolutely destroys Nevada. Oh man, I cannot wait. I was taking this eight and a half, and then it went down to one. And I said, "Go with your heart. Go with your heart, no matter what the lines tell you." Oh goodness, it feels good Incredible. to finally put on the headgear. You know, by like hours talked, are we technically the number one Texas State podcast? I don't know. Probably. That's a Perhaps. Question. We have to Perhaps. be. There is no way there is a Texas State football podcast out there. Oh, that I'm talks going. About Surely that. not. Just Surely even we athletics. Need to, if, if we yeah, need to start the advertising uh, with them. While Jameson's looking that up, I do want to bring up, uh, there was another Sickos game that I think is worthy of mention uh, as we are a, a central Oklahoma and northern Texas uh, podcast now uh, on the weekend spread. It's SMU and North Texas themselves, the Mean Green, coming off their win 
SMU minus 11 and a half right now. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, DraftKings. And if you didn't hear me clearly, it's probably because you need to get you some Raycon head buds, earring buds, whatever they're head buds, the things that go in your ear and you hear they're not, not, yeah. The things that go in your ear and you hear things, not hearing aids, but the ones for like music and stuff. Uh, they're those, they're really good. Uh, but yeah, that one also potential sickos game. Who knows how that one's going to go? I, I like the ponies. Well, and Ty, I don't know if I heard you clearly enough, but I believe you could get 15% off your, uh, your, your full order with promo code TPPN 15. That's pretty good. And I, I don't know if you could, if, if y'all also could hear it, that's promo code TPPN 15 only at Raycon. Check that out. Shameless plug. Okay. Maybe a little shame. Also go check out States Up Podcasts um, if you want to listen to some Texas State pro- um, product. Looks like they're pumping out weekly. Ooh, we should bring them on. We should bring them on, see if they want to hop on and talk about Boko. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, well, that's all we got for week one, folks. Uh, really fun pod, as always. Really good slate. And uh, I don't know about y'all. I'm I'm so pumped about five straight days of college football. Just dive on into it. That's going to be great. And, uh, oh. Root, root, root for the Boko, I guess. Uh, so we'll see. But um, yeah, any final comments? But let's just go around the horn real quick. J- uh, Blake. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I'm doing bet, that thing again. Bet the go, entire no slate. More. Bet the entire slate. No more. Leave it at that. No more. We'll see if week two. Ty, go for it. I see you leaning in. Vamos, Fernando. There we go. For me and the weekend spread crew, this has been, well, weekend spread, a little redundant. Have a good weekend, everyone. And hey, everybody, it's Bobby Howard. And before we start the show, I just kind of want to talk to y'all for a second. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of college football preview podcasts. And, you know, it's it's really been great. It's gotten me hyped for the season. And one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon's give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycon's are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. You know, I really like the versatility of Raycons. If you're really wanting to lock in, really just immerse yourself in what you're doing, that is where the noise isolation feature comes in. Just block everything out. It's great. But you know what? Sometimes you can't just, you know, shell yourself off. So that's where you go to awareness mode, where you can have some audio come in. You can do errands. You can act like a normal human being and uh, still listen to what you want. So I feel like that's actually pretty great. The Raycons really are great, though, whenever I'm not editing the podcast. Just kick back, listen to some red dirt. Feels like you're right in the middle of Kane's ballroom. It's great. I love it. So, look, if you want to be like me, jump on the Raycon train. Go to buyraycon.com TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com TPPN to score 15% off. One more time, that is buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Use promo code TPPN15. That's TPPN15.